coming to you from the heart of Buxton here at the Swell Gallery. And with me, as usual, is April Trueblood. April, how are you? I'm fine. How are you, Rory? I'm doing great. Good. Thank you. You look like you're doing great today. Oh, you wow. You look very nice today. I've got a little bit of like that um, shower hair that you get when your water's too soft where it's all sort of fluffing down. Oh, well, it, it looks nice and soft, though. <laughs> I mean, I want to touch it, but okay. I've learned that that's, you know, just don't touch people's hair. Oh, yeah, th this particular hairdo you could touch because okay. that's how I'm okay with them making an adjustment. All right, I'm going to touch it later if okay. I remember. Right before I go. You also, you smell great. You can smell me from here? Yes. I got some of that uh, probiotic deodorant. <laughs> really? It's like eats the BO bacteria. They spray it on and it's like not just covering up a smell. It's actually eating the, the, the things that cause the smell. The, the bacteria? Mm-hmm. Gosh, the things they're coming up with these days. Oh, yeah. Works great. This is um, coconut water and sandalwood, which I don't think it smells like either one of those things. But it does smell like a dude. Do, it smells like a dude? Yeah. That's a relief. Yeah, you do not smell like a lady. Okay. <laughs> smells kind of piney to me. But... Yeah, it smells a little piney. Like maybe a, an odd mixture of gin and coconut. <laughs> <laughs> that might be because I was drinking gin and coconut juice in the car before I came in. So upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> that actually probably wouldn't taste very good. No. I don't know. I'm like, I, let me write this down on the no. Hatteras <laughs> <laughs> Island bucket list. <laughs> yes. And speaking of, let's dive right in to, uh, we started last week working on the Hatteras Island bucket list as a um, cheap imitation and our own version of things you can do on the Outer Banks, but specifically things that we treasure about um, life on Hatteras Island. Yeah. 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 Yes. Love talking about those things. Do you really? I do. Good. I guess that's what, why you agreed to um, do this podcast. Oh, it's it's just one of the reasons. Oh, good. <laughs> um, the reasons are myriad for me as well. So let's... Uh, do you want to start? Do you have more? Do you have new additions for this week? New additions, yes, I do. I I actually have a, a running list which I currently cannot locate. Okay. So I'm gonna go with what I can remember. All right. From the list, All and right. I'm gonna start with something that I think m many people have heard about. Yes. Maybe we don't all really know about, and that's the Cora Tree. Right. Have you heard of the Cora Tree? I do know of the legend uh -huh. of the Cora Tree, and um. I've obviously, or I've been to it as well. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've actually done a video, a journalism segment on the Cora Tree, its origins, and some, um, a little bit of myth busting there as well. Well, you were the perfect person to be talking about this with me then, because all, I'm one of the perfect people. No, I think in this situation, you are the. It's either you or one of these two cats, and they know nothing. You're the perfect person for me to talk to about this right now because I really don't know anything about the Cora tree okay. except the legend that Cora was a witch who was hung from this tree and now this tree is haunted. That is all I know. Okay. Just that's just retell it to me as though it's like a ghost story. And this is like, <laughs> this is Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it's like submitted for your approval of the Midnight Society. Uh -huh. The legend of the Cora tree. Yes. And so just all you know, the, the drunk history version. 
Hi, hang on. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there was this witch. <laughs> Is this your impression of like a kid on Nickelodeon? Oh, it was more like drunk history. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Nice. <laughs> Actually, it's more like a character from The Simpsons. Uh, I don't know which one. Maybe a drunk character. Probably. Mm -hmm. um, so are you really wanting me to? Okay, so what you, as far as you know, what happened? <sighs> there was a witch. There was a witch. Her name was Cora. Her name was Cora. She was hung from this tree. She was hung from this tree. And now the tree is haunted. The tree is haunted. Her name was Cora. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was <laughs> Her name was Cora, and she haunts a tree near the sand. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that, okay. So one of the key things that I was missing from this story is that um, the name Cora is now, is now etched into this tree. If you look at the tree, um, the bark of the tree has sort of filled it in, but you can actually see the name Cora. So this is part of the Cora tree okay. myth. So this is what would be considered like the magical part that um, while they were hanging her from this, or maybe even a lot of the myths say lighting her on fire while tied to the tree, lightning struck the tree. Oh, wow. And at that point, um, again, one of the uh, legends is that Cora turned into a, a fox or a wolf or something like that. Like she, she you know, transmogrified <laughs> into an animal <laughs> and ran off into the woods. And all that was left is the, the sort of burned in inscription Cora into the tree. Oh, I knew none of this. I've got to find this video journalism piece you did. <laughs> okay, I can share it with you. It's from, I did it for the, oh, actually I did it for a project I was involved in a few years ago called Island Time TV. And I don't know, hopefully it still exists. I'll see if I can find it. There seems to be a Facebook page called Island Time TV. Is yeah. that yours? Is no, that you? But no. maybe we can find it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll see if I can unearth that. But, so, if, I mean, so your suggestion is that people visit the tree? Yeah, I think people should do what I have not appropriately done and read about it. And then go see the tree. Because at the very least, it is an old oak tree. Yes. And what else it's about it? It's sitting right in the middle of the road. Right. And, and, uh, on Snug Harbor Drive in yes. Briggins Bay. And I think that's always a great like photo opportunity. Um, anytime a tree has bifurcated the road, yes. so that you have to go on either side of it. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. Doesn't happen a lot. Most people just plow that tree right down. Right. There's a couple other spots on, I can think of one other spot, at least on Hatteras Island, mm -hmm. where there's a bifurcation back in Indian Town. Yeah. There's another one. But I don't think that that one has a fun myth associated with it. Probably more no. some kind of property rights <laughs> Probably. dispute. Probably. And it does have reflectors nailed to it. So. Yeah, that's true. And I, <laughs> I think I have even backed into it. Um, oh, great. Once, once or twice. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to upend the legend immediately because I think that people should. Yeah. Dig in, but anyone who does come across the piece I did do about the Cora tree is going to find. And 
let me say it, let's do it as though the History Channel would do it, which is um, create, uh, allow both these stories to be plausible. And so there's this woman named Leanne Winslow, who whenever I put out a call for who knows anything about the Cora tree, she actually contacted me and she said, well, I do know about it because I grew up right next to it and my father carved those <laughs> letters into the tree in the 70s because his wife's name was... No way. Cora. Cora. And somehow it had the spiraled the into... The story built up around the carving. Yes. So somehow this all spiraled and she remembers it being in school and someone mentioning the Cora tree and she knew what had happened. And, um, but the History Channel, which one is true? Did a magical witch uh, <laughs> carve her name into the tree with lightning or was it Leanne's dad with a chainsaw? Oh, with a chainsaw. Mm -hmm. Man, he must have loved Cora. Yeah. Chainsaw. Just went out there. Very, like, Hatteras thing to do, I think. Be like, I love you so much, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to scar a tree forever for it. I have, I have been to the tree, and I've never looked and seen the words. And it's, I mean, you really have to look now because the bark has really smoothed in, but you can. You put your fingers in the divots there and identify. So I could further deduce, I don't know if that's the right word, that Cora, the witch, was Leanne's mother. That's right. Her mother was a witch. Leanne. And you so never this told makes, me, Leanne. And this makes Leanne part witch. Yeah. We've got a Sabrina situation on she's our a, hands. She's a half breed. Are we going to talk about Harry Potter again? No, we won't. I'm sorry. This, well, this feels more Twilighty <laughs> to me. <laughs> But I haven't seen that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Soundtrack's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Robert Pattinson ended up being a great actor, despite what his performance may or may not have been in Twilight, which I didn't see. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, check it out, the Cora Tree. And it's fun to drive by, check out a tree in the middle of the road, and tell yourself the fun, whichever story you find more appealing. I like them both. <laughs> As you nod. Uh, yeah, I feel a certain amount of fear. I, I got to meet Leanne and spend time with her throughout doing that story, and she's awesome. I love her. And she's hilarious. Great. I don't know if anyone. We're to this day because of it, so I'm grateful for that, for sure. I don't know if anyone who would disagree with you that she is awesome. Great. She really is lovely. Cool. Let's do mine. Okay. All right. The one I have is, and I don't know if this is on the Oak, Oak Coke one or not. I mean, and I don't know if this was on the Outer Banks one or not, but um, I still think it matters a lot for Hatter's Island, and that is Hunt for Sea Glass. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm, it is truly one of my favorite activities, especially in the wintertime. Really? Yes, I do it a lot. I would not have guessed that about you. Yeah. Do I you, like is it a thing you like to do? In solitary, or you go out with other people? I guess overall, if I get given a choice, I would do it by myself. But that might be true about just about <laughs> everything. 
<laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, but it's fine if, if you want to go or if anyone wants to come along, I'll do it. But I do, you know, I am just looking for sea glass. If I find some really rare shells, or if I come across like a full scotch bonnet or a full whelk or something like that, I'm going to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not parsing through seashells to find the prettiest ones, which people I'm with often are. So sort of when I'm with somebody else, they have to be kind of in it for at least similar reasons than I am mm -hmm. because the pace that you go at sort of gets defined by if you're just looking for one thing as opposed to looking for many things. So that means you don't hang around in one spot very long. Is that what you're saying? I guess so. I guess there's something true. Although, you know, I'm continuously amazed. I'll like scan a scan an area and uh, be sure there's nothing there. Come back and check it again and there will be. Or, you know, after staying there for like five minutes, I quickly find that, yes, indeed, there was something. Mm. Um, the way I do it, mm. when I go, mm -hmm hunting for sea glasses, I expect that I'm not going to find any. And I usually get distracted and dig through big piles of shells just to look at all of them. I don't even necessarily want to keep any of them. I just want to look at everything. Yeah, okay. I, and I do end up keeping a lot of, I don't know, shells that are not in any way perfect, but that just have great coloration. I go to, uh, usually when I go, I will go with my friend Sue Patchell. Mm. Who is just here. Yes. Again, another lovely person. Another Super one, lovely. yep. And usually, you know, we go our own way. Well, she'll drive us out there and we'll go our own way. And then sort of come back with your yeah, keep. Yeah. Yeah, or we'll just like meander and bump into and each cool other. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really beachcombing is probably something that's best done on your own. True. Uh but that that does that doesn't mean I mean I guess the extrovert would rather do it with friends, but <laughs> yeah, and you know, nice conversation. It's the kind of thing you still can have a pleasant conversation while you do. And I've I've found beach class running on the beach, like just like you, it can pop. Sometimes you'll go and not find anything, no matter how hard you're looking, and then sometimes boop, yeah, just really quickly. And I think his mindset is so important there, but. And, you know, it was um, professional beachcomber Kristen Hissong who really, like, <laughs> turned me on to the idea. I had always sort of intuitively known it, but she articulated for me that sea glass is so special because we're taking something that's, like, trash, essentially, and turning it into something that's much more and so unique and one-of-a-kind that is, like, irreproducible. And we've seen... Um, the difference between naturally found beach glass and right. when someone tries to use a tumbler or whatever and uh, synthesize beach glass in their own. I mean, you, the, you can tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you agree? Does not look the same. No, there's the, you know, it's just the unique series of circumstances that happen to a piece of glass that gets flattened, it gets frostier here and there that make it a, like mm -hmm. a jewel essentially. And yeah. so I am enchanted by these jewels. Aww. And I like to get, it's a great way to, I like pop a podcast in or headphones and walk the beach and get some sun in the winter time and do it. And I think it's like an essential part of Hatteras Island living. Yeah, I think so too. Do you? I do. Okay. I don't do it often enough. Well, 
But every time I do it, I have a wonderful time. Usually with my friend Sue Patchell. <laughs> <laughs> Another big shout out to Sue Patchell. <laughs> right, honey? Hey, boo boo. She's like, why not me? <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you got? Another one? Yeah. Okay. This is this is one that was suggested to me, and I can't believe I didn't think of it myself. Okay. Um, but really, one great thing to do when you're a visitor to Hatteras is to visit Ocracoke. Right. One great thing to do when you visit Hatteras is to leave Hatteras. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it gives you practice for when you have to leave and go home. Right. That's true. Just like sleep is the little death. Yeah. Going to ha leaving, leaving Hatteras on the ferry to go to Ocracoke is the little yeah. return home. Yes. Except for when you get to Ocracoke, that's probably cooler than home. Way cooler. Yeah. And it's not home. Yeah. It's not home. But uh, you, you know, early on in our friendship really turned me on to the idea that Ocracoke's a great place to spend some time. It really is. There are so many wonderful things that are going on all the time in Ocracoke. Pretty much. I... True, and even when there's not, it's still pretty wonderful. Yes. Um, I started spending more time in Ocracoke in the mid-2000s um, because I met some other musicians from Ocracoke, and I started started playing some music with them. And there's this whole, like, folk music scene down there that's, you know, there are a lot of really fun characters who are involved in that. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed my time mixing with those folks. And then through them, I met so many other great Ocracoke residents mm. that I, for a while, feel like maybe I had more friends there than I had here on Hatteras. And that's probably flipped back in the other direction now. But I've made some friends that are, you know, some of the best of my lifetime. That's so great. Through spending time in Ocracoke. So you didn't really, you weren't um, sort of all in on Ocracoke in that way before um, musically meeting peers that you were hanging out with. Right. I felt cool. like I, I didn't really have a place there. Yeah. I didn't belong there. I would mainly go as often as I could to eat Thai food. Yeah. Um, which I, <laughs> I should say, I recommend that. If I could put that on the Hatteras bucket list, I would say go to Ogrecoke and eat at Thai Moon. Mm -hmm. That is a great one. That's a great, great place. And that's sort of what happens is, you know, you go over to Ogrecoke, your friends find out that you're going and they say, oh, can you bring me back to Moon? Mm -hmm. Oh, can you bring me back Eduardo's? There's all these great food mm -hmm. establishments over there that we want some food from. Yeah. So awesome restaurants over there. Yep. Great Lots places. of music. Lots of music. Lots like, of music going on. Barefoot Wade. Barefoot Wade. Kicking around Nick there. and Brooke. Kate McNally. Oh, my God. Some great musicians. Yeah. Um, and there's usually there's music almost every night of the week somewhere. somewhere yeah. On Ocracoke. True. Yep. Exciting stuff. Um, and it is, it's so cool because it's a great, if you live on Hatteras, you want to do it so bad because it's like having a beach vacation that's so similar to living on Hatteras without really running into anyone you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a great escape from the yeah. social um, network of Hatteras Island, which is a beautiful and um, rich thing. But, you know, sometimes you just need to get away right yeah. and reset and have those things and Ocracoke it's like it feels it's like there for us to do that and um 
I try to take advantage of it. I have said many times I would never live in Ocracoke. You've warned me sternly mm. against living in Ocracoke. I mean, mainly because then where would I go to get away? Right. <laughs> to the mainland? Yeah. It's mm. backwards. Not the same. It's right. not the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that I really love about Ocracoke is I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, Okay. <laughs> so that you can just forget, you know, all your worries <laughs> yeah. and everything you got going on, yeah. even the thoughts in your brain that you don't want to forget. It's been a day of forgetfulness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My little oubliette. All right. Oubliette, like from Labyrinth. Is that in Labyrinth also? It's a place of forgetting. Yeah. I don't remember much from Labyrinth, but I do remember that from history. Oh, God. I didn't know. I, I've never heard of oubliette outside of Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. And in, in, in real real places, there were oubliettes. <laughs> so you went there to forget? It was a room you Usually went to Usually you went there and you never came back. <laughs> okay. Well, that, would, that doesn't really count as forgetting. That's more like being forgotten. True. Uh, but hopefully some you were able to, those who entered the oubliette are able to resolve their... Um, <laughs> That, this has been a fun little aside. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go further. I was going to start talking about Tarkovsky's Stalker. But if you haven't seen it, we don't have to go there. Yeah, let's, let's save that one for the next one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone wants to be saved for that. But yeah. <laughs> and certainly we won't forget to talk about it unless. Sure we will. Won't. Won't. Sure we won't. <laughs> I. I just also, this is something real. I okay. want to throw out there that Ocracoke has an insane cast of characters. Right. Um, some of the most entertaining people I have ever met in my life. For many reasons. <laughs> I agree. And I, I'm always sort of <laughs> enchanted or like mm, awestruck by the um, abundance and diversity of what seemed like interesting people um, yeah. and working and playing all over that island. So I can see how it's an easy place to get sucked in and, and never come back. It's an oubliette. It's an oubliette. A- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm excited to put it on the list because once we start like um, addressing any of these things, I'm going to be happy to go over there. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to procure a priority boarding pass. Nice. And that makes me feel super special. You are special. And like I have a place, but I think anyone who asks for one can get one. I mean, you got to like demonstrate yeah. your value, but I am trying to live up to the parameters of the pass, which is like you have to take 24 trips. Right. And I think I'm getting and close. You're, you're, you're self-employed, so you're always working. I'm always working. So when you go over, back and forth. you're always working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have one as well. And um, I do feel special every time I use it. You are special as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. thanks. Thank you. Yeah, but it is fun to just skirt right to that. Oh, I remembered. I feel so special that I don't mind bragging about it on yeah, my own podcast. Yeah, me too. Me <laughs> too. I mean, you got to feel special about something. It's true. And this is one of the things I'm choosing to indulge in my, um, you know, specialness. Yeah. I can't believe I almost forgot. What? 1718. Oh, Overcoat my God. Brewing. It's great. Yes. I mean, there are no breweries that I'm aware of that you can go to on Hatteras. There is not. But you can pop down to Ochre Coke. True. 
And that place makes some delicious beer. They really do. They do. It's amazing the varieties and how all of them are really good. Um, and the place has only been open for a few short years. And yep. um, the bulk of them were, you know, during Dorian and the subsequent pandemic, yep. which in its way has probably been a silver lining because the infrastructure there is awesome. It's a great, like... The whole experience when you go there for me is like just what I'm looking for, which is like a lot of outside seating. Mm -hmm. You go up, you order the thing, they bring you the thing, and yeah, everybody's happy. Yeah. I bet there are a lot of happy people at the brewery. True. Yeah. Yeah. I have some in the fridge, by the way. You have some 1718? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I have uh, the notorious FIG. Yeah. That's intense. And the, um, the Mexican chocolate stout, I think wow, that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Those uh beers are so much they are a lot. I feel like I've eaten a meal after I drink one. Good. Yeah. I would feel that way too, but that wouldn't stop me from still having a meal. <laughs> well, you probably should have a meal. <laughs> this <laughs> is a very true. strong beer. <laughs> I would probably eat a meal before and after having a strong beer. <laughs> well, so what what else have you got on your list? All right, so I'll just mention my second one, um, and that is enjoy the dark skies. <gasps> no, you didn't write that down, did you? Yes. Oh, and you have it. Wow. I crossed it off so that I could talk about Ochre Coke. See, now we know for sure that it is a um, kismet, kismety synchronicity <laughs> of serendipitous, um, whatever other fun mythical words you want, mystical words you want yeah. to use there. The um, sky is my oubliette. <laughs> that's true. And that's kind of what I wanted to say is that, uh, okay, things that I think are important to impart about the dark skies is, A, obviously Hatteras has amazing ones. You can see the, on a clear night, yes. the Milky Way, and all the beautiful constellations. I've never seen anything like it. I've been to other places in the world that are designated dark sky zones and was not any more impressed by what yeah. I saw there than what I see in the skies in Hatteras. So that's all, that's what I'm going to say. And if you go out there to check it out, for the love of God, do not take your phone. <laughs> do not look at your phone <laughs> and wait like 20 minutes. Um, Liz Browning Fox explained to me that it takes at least 20 minutes for your eyes to fully adjust to the darkness so that they can see the breadth of what's there in the sky in terms of, um, you know, celestial bodies. Yeah. And so uh, if you dart your eyes away and start staring in some beach house window or looking at your phone, you're going to be continually wrecking that. So if you want right. the full experience, stay in the darkness. I even go out there and just close my eyes for a couple minutes to try to set them ready for that. Yeah. And then you can take Speed them. it along. Yes. Um, now, would you recommend going to any programs about the dark skies? I, I know there are a couple. Sure. I, I have been to one. I've been to the Park Service program okay. on it. Um, you know, you go out there with a park ranger, and they usually, um, you know, they give you lots of educational information about the importance of the skies being dark and, like, why it's it's good for, the you know, the, the ecosystems, the environment that – you know, there's plenty of areas with dark skies because 
darkness is actually very important. You know, for sea life, like yes. darkness is important for sea life. Say, right. sea turtles. Right. You know, to 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 do their egg laying and yes. then that baby's hatching and making right. it to where they're supposed to go. And light pollution is jeopardizing the futures of certain species on this planet. Yes. And so places like these are a great sanctuary yes. for those who have to deal with that. Yeah. And I've got to say, the park rangers are usually very entertaining. They oh. have lots of fun little jokes and things. They oh, like really? Oh, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I don't remember any of them, but that I remember... fun. I remember laying there thinking, wah, wah, mm. this joke is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love jokes of any sort, yeah. especially like the cornier, the better. They're like, very endearing. Oh, good. Yeah, it, it made me really appreciate the park. I've rangers. never attended a dark side program, but yeah, sure, I'm, I recommend it. It's, it's a good and easy thing to do because nice. you just go to the beach. Yeah. You don't need anything. Right. You lay down and listen to the guy talk. And what I don't do, this, despite my love for stargazing, is like... Um, get into constellations no. at, in any way. Why not? Well, one of the reasons is is that there's so many stars visible, like that the constellations are generally like bright spots that um, are visible regardless of the amount of light pollutions that are happening, right. or at least, you know, with a yeah. medium amount of it. Whereas there's so many stars, you're like, wait, is that that one? Well, I can't tell. Like there's so many white dots in that sky that is like, which ones even constitute these constellations? But also, I don't care what <laughs> you thought looked like a bear 20,000 years ago. I mean, even though they used that imaginary bear to like navigate the world. It's cool. <laughs> That's cool. And that has this historical significance, but I'm not like, when we look at our world here, it's fun to um, meditate on history. But yeah. I don't want to do that when I look at the sky. I don't want to be thinking about my people on Earth. I want to be thinking about sort of anything but. I, what, I want to know, what do you think about when you stare into the starry abyss? <laughs> um, it is a bit of an oubliette. I'm okay. just sort of lost in it and mm. forgetting. But the last thing I want to do is think about, like, um, the beginning of human society and how it all led to where we are now, because that's sort of what I'm thinking about all day long. So I'm, <laughs> that's why connecting with the constellations isn't very meaningful to me. Okay, fair enough. And also like, just like when you look at clouds, why not come up with your own thing that you see? Like that one little cluster looks like, you know, I an mean, Xbox. I think people should do that actually. <laughs> I think you should come up with your own constellations. Agreed. Yeah. Um, that's what they were doing then. Yeah. And they came up with some good ones that stuck because guess what? They're surrounded by bears and archers and uh, and belts. Apparently. Sure, belts. Yeah. Uh. But now we're surrounded by different things. So why not connect our these sort of celestial bodies with something that's actually meaningful to us? I think that's like the postmodern goal. Yeah, I really think that you should get working on this. Uh, I, I think you should like develop a whole new um, constellation mm -hmm. guide. And one will look like Snooky. One will look like Snooky. Uh, one will look like, I don't know, a mushroom cloud. Oh, uh, yes, exactly. I don't know, an oil rig. Right. <laughs> See, so now many you're things. onto it. Right. So many things. Mm -hmm. One will look like the AOL logo. <laughs> AOL. <laughs> That's how in touch I am. Yeah, you are a very postmodern man. Well, so if you think that the AOL logo is an outdated way to look at a constellation, exactly. Bears? When's the I last mean, time you saw a bear? I think bears. I bet you saw the AOL logo more recently than you saw a bear. I don't think so. I think <laughs> bears are more relevant today than AOL. <laughs>
well because there are still bears living around I here. Mean, I don't know anyone with an email that's like sexyangel14 at bear.com. Well, actually, I do. <laughs> a, a bit of a mixed message, I guess. <laughs> now I really want to know what's going on at bear.com. <laughs> I don't think it would be that hard to guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> even, this proves my point even further. <laughs> Come up with your own constellation. But most of all, I'm just not interested. I just can't be bothered. So, if you look up and you see this nice, bright, shiny, mm -hmm. star-looking object, yeah. and do you not want to know that it might actually be, like, Mercury? Well, I wouldn't. Or a planet. Yeah, I I do. That's about as far as I go. Gotcha. I'm interested in that, actually. Like things that are um, local to my own solar system. <laughs> You're I just actually, a real local kind of guy. <laughs> local kind of guy. Yeah, I'm cool <laughs> with that. And maybe I just like get overwhelmed and don't want to do all the homework that would be involved in. Um, and so I'm I'm. That's a defense mechanism to act like I don't care. But I really feel like I don't care. I know I know you. I know who you are now. Yeah. Um, I probably am a little different than you in regards to all of this because I, um, you know, I'm not that knowledgeable about constellations, but I do like them. And I do like, you know, looking up and saying, ah, there's Cassiopeia. I failed a project on Cassiopeia when I was in uh, freshman in college. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I do connect some things <laughs> to the constellations as they <laughs> right. were previously named. I feel like you just proved my point fully there. Oh, but, okay. I should forget about that is what you're saying. Well, you're not staring into the sky to remember your past failures, Let are you? Let the sky be my oubliette. Yeah. Um, but I, I am interested in all this. I do have an app on my phone that will tell me what, I'll, what I'm looking at in the night sky. Exactly. But then exactly what's what? <laughs> then you're looking at your phone while you look at the sky. Not the whole time. You just reference it so you can see what it is you're looking then at. Then you got to wait 20 minutes between uh, I glances. I turn the dimmer way down, <laughs> the brightness way down. No, and I know a lot of people do that, and I've even done it before. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's very cool. Do it if you it's want not to. Not your thing. I just wanted to express myself and show that who I am involves not. Um, Nerding out. I nerd out over so much stuff in yeah. constellations. I just want you to know I fully support you. Okay. And I wasn't trying to say in any way that uh, you were any less and right than me. I fully support you oh, as thank well. thank you. I feel supported by you sometimes. And I hope that you see all the <laughs> constellations that remind you of all the failures of your life. <laughs> I do every time I look up. <laughs> There's always something there to remind me. Well, nice. Okay, thank you. That's right. How could I forget you, girl? Yeah, he wrote that song? Who? Burt Bacharach. Wow. Yep. I can I can feel it now. Yep, for Dionne Warwick. Did he ever do, did Dionne Warwick sing it? I believe so. Wow. I don't think it, I don't know that it was like a hit record yeah. for her. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know who I learned that from? Lou. My Ochre Coke friends. Yeah. <laughs> Lou and Jubal. That Lou sounds probably. right. Yeah. Full circle. Nice. You brought it home. We should probably just, with that bringing it on home, we should <laughs> go back home to Hatteras and our respective homes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I feel like we dug in good here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope I didn't embarrass myself too much. 
likewise. Yeah, I hope you didn't embarrass me too much. I'll yeah, say thank I hope you. you didn't, I didn't embarrass you too much. <laughs> Not at all. April, thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Great. And uh, if anyone wants to contribute their suggestions for the Hatteras Island bucket list, they can find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram at the Hatteras Effect. Yeah. And yeah. don't forget that interacting with us on social media. We miss you guys. We'll get you a sticker. Yes. I mean, we are just giving those stickers out left and right. Yeah. More. Uh, once to the left, once to the right. Once to the left, once to the right. I gave Rory one last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> April, right. we'll see you next time. Thank All you. Right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.